Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. Episode 30. Special Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we come to you from Okinsis and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsitsina Nations, the Iahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find... Oh, nope. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. The sources for the show today, history.com, The Guardian, CNN, and Britannica.com. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. This one, I don't know. It's so, I feel like this one is very iconic, but like going through the research, I was like, I can understand why, but also I was like, I can't. You know what I mean? Not really, no. Like it's kind of <laughs> like how I feel like... Um, you know, Manson has that kind of feel too, where it's like, oh, like one of the craziest stories of all time. And I'm like, yeah, but he was kind of a nothing. Yeah, there is a lot of, I don't want to say romanticizing, because I think everyone kind of, well, there is a, a certain sector of people who don't. Um, <laughs> but there's, um, th- there is a bit of romanticizing with some of these, like, like you said, with Manson and with this one. With this one, I think um, specifically because they never found him. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. Like, there is yeah. there is no person to assign any of these feelings to. Right. Um, so, anyways, yeah, we were going to be talking about the Zodiac Killer and the Zodiac Killings. Yes. Today on this spooky Halloween. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much for listening, for downloading, for coming back week after week. We uh, enjoy doing this, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it. If you want to rate, review, subscribe, you definitely can do those things and if you want to we will still allow it yes (laughs) you have our permission uh and if you want to send us an email you can we had no idea podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on instagram we had no idea podcast yeah yeah. okay why don't you start us off i think you should start us off you think so i think so why because okay okay i will uh, in early June 1963, Robert Domingos and his fiance Linda Edwards were on a beach near Gaviota State Park, which is north of L.A., when the two Utes... That's a My Cousin Vinny joke. Ah, <laughs> these two Utes. I probably shouldn't make that here, but these two Utes uh, didn't return home 24 hours later. Robert's father went to the beach and was horrified to discover their bodies lying together inside of a shack. Uh, the two were bound with rope, had apparently tried to escape, but were shot and killed with a 22 caliber weapon. Robert was shot 11 times and Linda had been shot nine times. The killer then had dragged their bodies to the shack where he tried and failed to start a fire. I find it interesting, honestly, with that one that um, they weren't killed in the shack. Mm-hmm. You'd think you'd want to hide that. Right. Anyways. Three years later, in late October of 1966, in Riverside, an area of East L.A., and I want to say L.A. and surrounding areas on Google Maps, which is my favorite thing, Right. uh, it just is like a lot of concrete looking. So is Riverside in East L.A.? I think so. Is it its own separate town? Perhaps. There's a lot of that. Like L.A. is a lot like Toronto where there's just like a bunch of Totally. I feel like it is anyway. No, it definitely is. Like I was like, is this its own place? Yeah. Um, so anyways, 18 year olds, uh, 
Sherry Josephine Bates left a note that read, Dad, I went to the RCC library. The next morning, her Volkswagen Beetle was found abandoned in the parking lot, and her body was nearby between two houses. She had been stabbed several times, and her throat was slashed. Police found a men's Timex watch at the crime scene, a print from a military-style boot, and some hairs in dried blood on the victim's hand. Uh, Her purse was intact, and an autopsy revealed no evidence of sexual assault. One month after the murder, the local newspaper and the police department received typewritten letters titled The Confession from someone who claimed to be her killer. The author wrote, Miss Bates was stupid. She went to the slaughter like a lamb and added, I am not sick. I am insane. In April 1967, the newspaper, the police, and Joseph Bates received virtually identical handwritten letters which read, Bates had to die. There will be more. The notes were signed with a symbol which resembled the letter Z. So you're already seeing a few, um, like, noteworthy, uh, I guess, uh, characteristics. Like, one. What a terrible pun. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that. What? Noteworthy. Oh, because he left a note. I didn't even think of that. Um, but, like, there's um, incredible amounts of overkill. And when people, like, aren't paying enough attention to him, he's like, hey, hey, I did this. I'm insane. Look over me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Like, it seems like desperate cries for attention, which, like, there's easier ways of going about that. But Totally. Um, but, yeah, it's like. It just seems like the, this person constantly wants to be talked about and definitely has a lot of issues. Yeah. In 1969, Riverside Police contacted investigators in Northern California regarding the similarities between the Zodiac crimes and the murder of Sherry Joe Bates. Sherwood Morrill, then documents exam then documents examiner for the California Department of Justice, concluded that the Zodiac was responsible for the notes linked to the Bates case. Zodiac then sent a letter to the Los Angeles Times confirming the theory that he had killed Bates. Zodiac wrote, I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. Again, look at me. Uh, Five nights before Christmas that year, high school students Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday set out on their first official date together, promising they would be home by 11. Shortly after that time, passing motorists saw the Rambler and its occupants parked at a Lover's Lane spot along Lake Herman Road in Benicia, California, maybe? Yeah, Benicia? Sure. Um... Whatever it's called, it is right next to San Francisco. Moments later, another driver noticed two seemingly lifeless bodies on the side of the road. Uh, Police and others responded to the scene, discovering Betty Lou dead with five bullet wounds in her back. David was found next to the vehicle with a bullet wound in his head, still breathing but near death. Bullet holes in the car's roof and back windows indicated that the killer may have fired warning shots to force the victims out of the uh, vehicle. Shell casings recovered at the crime scene linked the beach killings to this one. Investigators believed the two teenagers were random targets killed by a stranger for unknown reasons. That's, that, that is one, I mean, all of this is haunting. We're talking yeah. about people who are getting murdered. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the, the things is that, like, there doesn't really, aside from their mostly relatively young it all seems to be remarkably random how uh the zodiac is going about all of these totally it makes it extra extra scary yeah 
On the night of July 4th, still in the year 1969, 22-year-old Darlene Farron picked up friend Michael McGow and stopped her Corvair in the parking lot of Blue Rock Springs Park, which is also in slash near San Francisco. Michael later told police that another vehicle pulled into the lot around midnight and then left only to return minutes later. The driver got out of the car, shined a bright light, and fired into the Corvair with a 9mm handgun. Michael was shot in the jaw, shoulder, and leg. Darlene was hit several times. At 12.40 p.m., in a call later traced to a gas station payphone, a man rang the Vallejo Police Department and claimed responsibility for the shooting as well as the murders on Lake Herman Road. According to the police dispatcher, the caller spoke in a low, monotonous voice saying, I want to report a murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Darlene died on arrival uh, at the hospital and Michael survived investigators were unable to identify any viable suspects. Um, so around this time, a lot of letters start to, to yeah. pop up. Uh, I think there's a lot of taunting. And again, there's a lot of like, again, please, please, please look at me. Um, well, honestly, like something I want to just say really quick is like, yeah. uh, I am really interested in like true crime and, you know, this kind of wave of knowing about serial killers mm -hmm. uh, that has like overcome us in the last few years. But it is one thing I will say about Zodiac that is interesting is that despite sending all these letters and constantly wanting attention, the fact that they were never caught right. is interesting mm -hmm. because you see it time and time again, the serial killer gets, I don't want to say cocky, but they just think that they are the smartest person in the room because yeah. they've gotten away with something for sloppy. so long. It's and sloppy might not be the right word either, but it's like, they are like, I want the credit for this thing. Right. I did this. And it's like, it's my thing that I did. Like, look at all the attention that, you know, a question mark is getting. It should be me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what trips them up time and time again. So for Zodiac to, I mean, probably is dead by now. Yeah. Just because of time. Mm -hmm. But for Zodiac to have done that and not come forward, but still like gotten the attention in a way. Yeah. It's very, that, that part is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, three letters were sent on July 31st, 1969, one to the Vallejo Times Herald, one to the San Francisco Chronicle and one to the San Francisco Examiner. The one to the Vallejo Times Herald, the writer claimed responsibility for the two shootings and provided details about the victims, the weapons, the number of shots fired and the brand of ammunition to the Chronicle. Um, it is one of three virtually identical letters accompanied by one third of a cipher. The writer demanded publication of the letters and ciphers by Friday, August the 1st, which would be the next day. Um, and in the one to the examiner, the writer threatened to kill again if newspapers did not publish the cipher, which included the words, I like killing people because it's so much fun. A few days later, on August the 4th, there was a three-page letter received by the examiner sent in response to police asking for information to prove the writer actually committed the murders. This was the first use of the name The Zodiac. Mm. About a month later, on a Saturday in late September 1969, college students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were relaxing along the shore of Lake Berryessa? North of Napa, California, a man appeared holding a gun and wearing a hooded costume with a white cross circled, uh, white crossed circle 
stitched over the chest, explaining that he had escaped from prison and needed money and a car to escape to Mexico. The stranger bound their wrists, and without warning, he stabbed a large knife into Brian's back six times. He then stabbed Cecilia ten times as she fought for her life. The man then walked to Brian's car and used a pen to draw a crossed circle on the door with the dates and locations of the previous attacks. The date September 27, 69, the time 6.30, and the notation by knife. Um, at 7.40, a man called the Napa Police Department to report a double murder. The caller dispatch, or described Brian's car, directed police to the scene of the crime, and confessed, I'm the one who did it. Police traced the call to a payphone at a car wash in Napa. Uh, Cecilia di died two days later, but Brian survived. Um, I want to just say here that uh, crossed circle stitch. Mm -hmm. um, when I when I was first looking at that and like not thinking about it, um, I thought of like the Ghostbusters logo, but without the ghost. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, but it's definitely just like a circle with a plus sign. Ah. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or a cross, as someone su 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 yeah. suggests. Yeah, I mean... Words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's supposed to look like... Uh, I think we'll say this later, but it's supposed to look like the sight of a rifle. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, when I was... I was like, how do I explain this? <laughs> um, so then it was concluded by examiners that the message written on the passenger door of that Volkswagen was written by the author of the Zodiac letters. So I guess that they used some kind of handwriting matching. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Stein, a 28-year-old student and husband, worked as a cab driver in San Francisco. Um, one night, Stein picked up a fare headed for a destination in the upscale Presidio Heights. Presidio. Yeah. That's... That sounds nice. That feels nice to say. Mm -hmm. Presidio. Presidio. Heights neighborhood. At the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets, the passenger shot Stein in the head and removed a piece of the victim's shirt. The man walked away just before police arrived, but the police radio broadcast mistakenly described the suspect as a black man, mm -hmm. and passing officers dismissed a white man resembling other parts of the description. Fingerprints found on the driver's side of the cab may have belonged to the killer, and a sketch was produced based on descriptions provided by witnesses. The case was considered a routine robbery until the office of the San Francisco Chronicle received an envelope with a letter from Zodiac, which began with the words, I am the murderer of the taxi driver. The envelope also contained a bloodstained piece of Paul Stein's shirt. Ugh. Yeah, the Zodiac denied he left fingerprints and claimed the police sketch was inaccurate because he had worn a disguise. And it was at this moment that I realized that Criminal Minds has done an episode on this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they have on basically any... Yeah, I think they've done a couple Zodiac-adjacent type of episodes. We need to start watching them again. That's a great show. I know. What season are we? You know what? It doesn't matter. No. Um, <laughs> October 13th, 1969. There's a letter to the Chronicle. Uh, the writer mocked... Still, still San Francisco. I want to throw this out here. Right. Yes. Sorry. Uh, the writer mocked police. Yeah. Sorry. The, the Chronicle. There's 18,000 Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> Just do a world. Chronicle. Yes. <laughs> the Chronic. What? Coles of Narnia. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> um, the writer mocked police for failing to catch him and threatened to shoot children on a school bus. The envelope contained a piece of the blood-stained shirt belonging to victim Paul Stein. Uh, we are also seeing that um, the mail services were much less diligent about things in 1969 as they are in 2021. I feel like if there was a blood-soaked shirt in any <laughs> lettering today, 
uh, that would probably get cut off before it reached its actual destination. Right. Oh, for sure. I see what you're saying. I was like, no, you can just buy stamps and throw anything in a mailbox. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. There isn't someone in the mailboxes now checking for blood. No, no, no. But I know what you mean. It's got to go through like a distribution center and someone would be like, oh, yeah, this doesn't, this is kind of sketchy. November 8th, 1969, an envelope to the, again, San Francisco Chronicle containing another piece of the cab driver's shirt, a humorous greeting card, and another cipher consisting of 340 symbols. The writer added des, or I'm assuming day. July, August, September, October equal seven. A possible reference to more unidentified victims. A seven-page letter was sent to the San Francisco Chronicle on November 9th, 1969, so a day later. The longest message from Zodiac claimed that police stopped him near a crime scene but let him go. Zodiac also included a bomb recipe and a diagram of an explosive. Could you imagine being at the San Francisco Chronicle? Like, like, (laughs) dude, I'm just... The intern who's working on community events. Yeah. I just wrote a story about dog sweaters. Why am I getting <laughs> mail with cab drivers' blood on them? Somebody else opened these. Yeah. I'm sick of working in the mail room at the <laughs> San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> um, a letter addressed to Melvin Belly, a well-known crime defense lawyer, postmarked December 20th, 1969. The writer feared he would kill again and asked Belly to intercede. The letter ended, please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer so this is in control whoa yeah in late march of 1970 kathleen johns packed her infant daughter into a station wagon and left san bernardino california to visit her sick mother in petaluma in the northern part of the state those are two other ones that are kind of fun to to hear and say i would assume san bernardino san bernardino and petaluma petaluma california has fun places petaluma is spelt differently than i thought it'd be i'll be honest about that I thought it was with a D. Ped. Oh. Petal Uma is what I was thinking, but it's (laughs) petal like a flower. Right. Uh, Kathleen was also seven months pregnant at this time, and as she traveled along Highway 132 near Modesto, another one, Modesto. Yeah. That feels, isn't there a beer? Modelo. The beer is Modelo. Yeah, close enough. I'm I'm sure in the history of beer, (laughs) there's been one named Modesto. You think so? Yeah. Oh, okay. You keep talking all (laughs) up. Um, another vehicle pulled alongside her station wagon and the driver appeared to signal that she should pull over. She does. And uh, on the side of the road, the other driver explains that the back wheel of her station wagon looked loose. He promises to fix the problem, but instead he loosens the lug nuts to actually make her t- tire loose and the wheel falls off as Kathleen tries to drive away. The man then offers to drive Kathleen to a gas station. So she climbs into his car, but soon discovers that he appeared to have other plans. She claimed he also made veiled threats to harm her child. Eventually, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumps from the car. A passing driver then picks her up and takes her to a nearby police station where she identified the stranger from a police sketch of the Zodiac. Months later, a Zodiac letter arrives mentioning a rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby. Uh, There are five more letters sent to the San Francisco Chronicle after this incident from April to July of 1970. So there's a Modesto Beer Festival. Is it in year. Modesto? Yes. Oh, I was um, really hoping you'd be like, no, it's in Texas. Right, yeah, it's in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Um, it's in Maine. Yes, uh, but also there, I mean, there's Modesto Liquor, a liquor store in Modesto. They have a couple of uh, craft breweries. One called um, 1870 Brewing Company. Okay. One Persuasion Brewing. And this one, pick a better name, Contentment. 
Brewing Company. Do you think that they only do like vanilla porters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that that just seems like a Honestly, hmm. I think persuasion brewing is the one that needs to change. Yeah, that that does seem a little creepy. I think that the link between someone being drunk and persuasion is a little more touchy than mm-hmm. contentment. No, that's a fair point. That's Thank a fair you. Point by you. <laughs> uh, there's also uh, Desert Fox Brewing Company. Oh, cool. Yeah. A lot of places to buy booze in uh, Modesto, California. You should look up uh, how many liquor stores are on Olds, a town that's north of us. That, that feels like very niche. That's going to be a difficult thing to find. No, I think you'll find it. Okay. I'll continue while you do this. A postcard attributed to the Zodiac featured an advertisement for a condominium project in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and with the phrase past Lake Tahoe areas and sought victim 12. Some interpreted the cryptic message as a clue to the disappearance of 25-year-old Donna Lass. In May of 1970, Donna worked in San Francisco at Letterman General Hospital, located in the Presidio military base near the area where the Zodiac killed a cab driver. I don't know why I didn't breathe for that whole sentence. Uh, just while well, you've paused, um, Alberta is number two in Canada for uh, liquor stores. Yep. Uh, we are just nine behind Ontario right now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in terms of actual where the cities are, where these liquor stores are located. Yeah. Um, in the Canada pages... Yeah. There's 86 results that come up for beer and liquor stores in Olds. That's yeah. That seems high. I'm going to say that there aren't 86 liquor stores in Olds. I would say that there is at least 30. Uh, just a, 30 to 40. There's probably about half that number. Okay. It is unreal. Do you know how many people are in Olds? Like 10,000. Are you kidding me? Huh. They're all on the same like main drag, whatever this Highway 27 is. Yeah, that's the road that runs through. Yeah, there's one, two, three, According to this map, there's only eleven. Hmm, that's not right. Oh, okay. There's a there's a metric ton Learn of liquor Google, stores. Google. Anyway. So Donna moved uh, northeast to South Lake Tahoe and found work as a nurse for the Sahara Hotel and Casino. On September 6th of 1970, Donna vanished sometime after the last entry in her work logbook. Uh, Her car was later found abandoned near her apartment. According to some accounts, an unidentified man called Donna's employer and her landlord, claiming she had to leave town due to a family emergency. But Donna's family told authorities that there was no such emergency and the man was never identified. Investigators suspected Donna had been abducted and killed, but her body was never found. Her disappearance remained a mystery and her name was added to the long list of possible Zodiac victims. Um, And so they attributed her to... The Zodiac, just because of one of the um, postcards that was sent to the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, four more letters were sent. Three to the Chronicle and one to the LA Times from October of 1970 to March of 1971. The search for new leads in the Zodiac case led investigators across the United States to Albany, New York. The office of the Albany Times Union newspaper received an envelope postmarked August 1st, 1973. So two years after... Um, those letters were sent. Um, I just lost my place. 
Oh, uh, with a crossed circle drawn in the corner instead of a return address. The letter read, You are wrong. I'm not dead or in hospital. I am alive and well, and I'm going to start killing again. Below is the name and location of my next victim. But you better hurry because I'm going to kill her August 10th at 5 p.m. when the shift change. Albany, a nice town. That's nice. Uh, Compl compliment sandwich. Yeah, exactly. You are wrong. I am not good. dead. Yeah. Albany is a nice town. That sounds like a top bun and a bottom bun to me. <laughs> Below the message, the writer includes three rows of symbols. According to an FBI report, Bureau Cryptanalysts deciphered the coded message to read redacted. Uh, Albany, <laughs> that's the letter. Redacted. Um, Albany Medical Center. This is only the beginning. Investigators were unable to identify any murders that could explain the vague reference to a victim on August 10th. Handwriting experts could not determine if the letter was prepared by the writer of the Zodiac letters due to the lack of significant characteristics in the Albany message, but this possibility could not be eliminated based on the limited analysis. Four more letters are sent to the San Francisco Chronicle from January to July of 1974. One indicates there were 34 victims. Some just complained about the writing style of some columnists of the Chronicle. I get it. Like, if you have a pipeline there anyway, like, hey, while I have yeah. you here. Um, I mean, they're opening them all. You know that. Yeah, I've killed 34 people. But also, I feel like your classifieds could be organized just like a little bit better. It, it's very difficult to, to parse <laughs> through. And I feel like the guy who you have covering the 49ers is a little bit too uh, biased around them. So just kind of like He's tighten those things up. Yeah. Um, I think that it is interesting to note here, too, that um, the Zodiac is basically not active from 1971. Uh, until these letters start coming in again at in 1974. Mm -hmm. So just three years, he was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit on a beach and drink a Modesto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, things kind of tail off a little bit. Yeah. Until this year. Um, earlier this year, a team of former law enforcement members, prosecutors, and intelligence officers that calls itself the Case Breakers said they had determined of the identity of the killer responsible for a series of murders in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1960s. However, police say the investigation into the killings is still open. Law enforcement regularly receives tips about the case, including from people who believe they know the identity of the killer. The casebreakers said they had new physical and forensic evidence and eyewitnesses who supported their theory that an Air Force veteran who died in 2018 was behind the murders. Quote, I absolutely feel we have solved this case, end quote, a member of the casebreakers told the San Francisco Chronicle. Look, at they're still going. Hmm. Like 50 years later. <laughs> the FBI and San Francisco Police Department declined to directly comment on the announcement, but said that the investigation was still open. The FBI's investigation to the Zodiac Killer remains open and unsolved due to the ongoing nature of the investigation and out of respect for the victims and their families. We will not be providing further comment at this time, the FBI's San Francisco office said in a statement. The casebreaker said in a press release that they made their identification based in part on photos of the suspect that show scars on his forehead that match a police sketch of Zodiac. The team also said the suspect's name could be found in anagrams sent by Zodiac. 
In 2020, a team of experts cracked the code to a 1969 cipher the Zodiac sent to the San Francisco Chronicle, though law enforcement said at the time that did little to help investigators. Quote, I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me, the message uh, said the message sent in a series of symbols. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me. So much remains unknown about the Zodiac case, um, not the least the issue of when the crime stopped. Uh, crime writer Robert Graysmith argued that the Zodiac killer remained active through the 1980s and murdered dozens more people, though his view is controversial. But I think that we should go through a couple theories. Okay. Okay. Um, so the first one is that there was not one killer but two, mm. uh, which... I mean, no one knows, so all of these could be... Well, not all right. of these. <laughs> um, but that one would make sense, like especially, you know, the first couple of victims that were linked to Zodiac. It's a couple at a time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a little harder if you're one person to take on two people. So I think that that's kind of where that theory comes from. Okay. Um, there's also that the police encountered the killer. Um in one of his letters, he does say that the police um, stopped me or let me go near a crime scene. Yeah. Uh, but. So I guess maybe that one's not necessarily a theory, but actually did happen. Um, also that the Zodiac killer used cement to conceal their fingerprints. Oh, geez. So like they dip their fingers in cement, let it dry, dip them again. And then when they wrote their letters, they had no fingerprints. But I'm also like, hi, gloves. Right. Yeah, that seems <laughs> that seems a bit extreme. A little excessive. Um, one of these theories link the Zodiac Killer's crimes to one of the Manson family members. Mm. Uh, but it, that'd be kind of crazy. That if, would be a little crazy if like two of them were tied together. Yes. Uh, but uh, I don't really think so. I think that. Like, it just happens that there was... That's so weird. The thing... Okay. The point I want to get to here is that it seems like in the 1960s and 1970s, and even the 1980s with the Night Stalker, uh, California, something was in the fucking water, man. Mm. There was serial killers left, right, and center. It just never... Like, huh. one after the other. Yeah. Because in 74, I think that that's when the Golden State Killer kind of started. And obviously when, uh, you know, crimes, whether they kept happening from Zodiac or stopped happening from Zodiac, uh, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But we do know that the that um, the Golden State Killer started at that time. Right. So it's like, were they were they even the same person? Mm. Right. Yeah. Was this just like a warm up? Because like with the Golden State Killer, it was couples. And then we see with Zodiac 2, his first few were couples. Right. Anyway, so that's another theory. Um, and then the last one, theory that I would like to touch on. Okay. Is Ted Cruz. Oh, jeez. <laughs> is Ted Cruz the Zodiac killer? <laughs> Answer me. Probably not will be the, um, the the conclusion that I come to. But, uh, yeah, I, I forgot that, that was one of them. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not him seeing as he was born in, like, 1970. Right. Like, Ted Cruz is not, like, 70 years old. <laughs> when was Ted Cruz born? Uh, yeah, 
He was born. Oh, I forgot about that. What? He was born December twenty second, nineteen seventy, at Foothills Medical Center in Calgary, Alberta. Are Canada. you fucking kidding me? Nope. <gasps> why? I. Uh, <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's weird. Uh. Are his parents from Calgary? Uh, at the time of his birth, Ted Cruz's parents had lived in Calgary for three years and were working in the oil business as owners of a seismic data processing firm for oil drilling. Cruz has said that he is the son of two mathematician computer programmer. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, well, you know what? Them working in the oil industry checks out. In 1974, Cruz's father left the family and moved to Texas. Later that year, Cruz's parents reconciled and relocated the family to Houston. Hmm. I wonder if there was a mistress in Calgary. Um, also... Ted Cruz, not his real name. What's his real name? Raphael. Huh. Mm-hmm. Raphael Cruz. Raphael Edward Cruz. Huh. Yes. Wow. Well. Okay, so he's not the Zodiac Killer. No. Officially debunked. You heard it here, folks. Yes. He was born <laughs> seven years after the first uh, killing in the wrong country. Yes. Okay. Um, so that's the Zodiac Killer. Uh, lots of letters. Uh, only a handful of confirmed kills assigned mm. to Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac probably definitely dead by now. Yeah. Just because of time. Right. Like even, I mean, at the most, this person could be like, what, 80? Yeah. Because like, they'd be like the, 20 to 30 yeah, at this at time. Yeah, at the earliest, they would have been like 16. And that is Ugh. like, th- that is just like the, the, just based on, again, the couples thing. You'd have to be an almost fully formed adult at that point. I guess, yeah. Um, but probably in the tw- in his 20s. And again, the first one starts in 1963. So, yeah, almost 60 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Odds are. Odds are. Dead. That time has caught up with the Zodiac. Right. Yes. Father time remains undefeated. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, that, like that's the thing. Because they haven't, because they never caught him. You can never really know. Like, did he stop in 1974, or or did yeah. he just change his mo and become a different serial? Right? Killer? Did was there a series of kill uh, murders in Rhode Island or something? Like, did did he bounce around? Like, it just because because that part of it is open ended. Yeah. Everything else is in aside from it being Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> aside from it being, aside from that theory. Aside from it being noted Calgarian Ted Cruz. Wow. Wow. I always forget about that. I literally didn't know that. Uh, So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate it. And we hope that you have a happy Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back. I guess uh, this is Sunday. So technically this week. Uh, What are we going to be talking about, Peter? We are going to be talking about uh, the reason why you should remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, I always, this is one, like the, the most prep I'm going to do is how to pronounce his name. Cause I always say Guy Fox a little bit differently. Gee Fox. See? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, going to, to research this all by just watching V for Vendetta. And, uh, that's what this, the, the episode's going to be on. Voila. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, again, if you want to send us an email, you can. We had no idea podcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us and DM us on Instagram at we had no idea podcast. Talk to you later. Happy Halloween.